One of the interesting things we discovered was that operating rooms are commissioned empty. So the room clearance rates is without any people or equipment in it. But actually in an operation, you have the patient at the centre of the room and you then crowd around that the operating team and really made us focus on local mitigation means of managing those aspects. Hello there and welcome to Let's Talk Clean Air, our regular look at how clean air can affect the quality process for you and the workplace. My name is Dusty Rhodes. On this episode, we're about to look specifically at hospitals and especially the quality of air in an operating theatre. Recently, the team at UCD, University College Dublin in Ireland, and one of the city's major hospitals, the Matter Hospital, put forward research around reducing the effect of aerosols to help protect the health of the surgeon, patients and staff. Joining me to explain more about this research are two of the people very familiar with the subject, Ronan Cahill and Kevin Nolan. Uh, I'll start with you, Ronan. Can you tell us just a little bit about your professional background? Ah, so, yeah. Hi, Dusty. I'm a surgeon in the Matter Hospital in Dublin. Uh, I have an academic appointment with UCD as well. And, uh, I mean, when COVID kicked off back in March last year, there was a lot of concern in the hospital about healthcare staff getting infected um, from patients that they're coming into contact with. And this was also concerned in, in surgery, where we use a lot of gases uh, to open up spaces for keyhole operations, and that th- there was now a risk of getting infection off patients and potentially very severe infections. Normally, mm. we wear masks and gowns to stop the patient from getting infected from us or from the environment. But there's a very real chance now of, of people uh, known to have and even not known to have uh, COVID infecting and knocking out a healthcare team. So mm. there was a lot of uh, uncertainty, a lot of worry about it. And we thought maybe some of this could be measured. So uh, we did a search looking for experts in certain types of airflow technologies. And we're delighted when we saw one person in UCD uh, very capable, very renowned for doing this. And that's Kevin. Grant, so Kevin then, bring us yourself into the story to tell us about your background. Thanks, So I have a background in experimental fluid mechanics. So I did my PhD in University of Limerick, looking at the, the genesis of turbulence uh, in wind tunnels. So how do we understand what turbulence is and how do we measure it? And that was done using a technique called particle image velocimetry, where we use cameras and lasers and we use aerosol to seed the flow. So we're using one micron diameter droplets of, of oil and we get a, a cloud of those in the room and we pass them through the wind tunnel. So that lets us see the flow. So I've been, all my career, I suppose, I've been looking at aerosol in flows using lasers. And and then I ended up then through you know various other roles from then coming to UCD, um, and at UCD I use a technique called Schlieren, and Schlieren is a different technique. It uses mirrors and optics, and it can see the refractive index change almost like a mirage. So if you hold up your hand between these Schlieren mirrors, you can see the heat rising from your fingers. It's it's a really striking, almost otherworldly effect. You can see the invisible with it. So combining these these two techniques, you know, with with Ronan and the team and the matter, we've been able to, you know, see these invisible uh, risks that that Ronan just spoke about. Can you give me an example then, thinking of, you know, a a critical area like an operating theatre, where are the aerosols found in there, Kevin? 
The biggest issue is is the the, the source of the, of the aerosol is from the high pressure due to the the kind of the type of surgery that that Roland performs. So this so-called keyhole surgery or laparoscopic surgery. And what what you do, and this is this is a, a very. I mean, for me, I had very little experience working in in, in surgery. I, I I didn't really know much about it, so I learned quite a lot from from watching watching and learning. And what you do is you 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 inflate or insufflate the abdomen with CO two which is an inert gas. And that essentially inflates you like a balloon, um, to put it kind of crudely. And then you access the abdomen via these these trocars, or essentially kind of like ports. Like when you have your garden hose, you connect your garden hose together and you can connect things together. These ports insert through the abdomen through small incisions. And then the surgeon has room inside to work with these long... Um, these long slender instruments and cameras and various different tools that they use. And this is great because I think it, it, it really helps the patient recover quite quickly from having smaller incisions. But the problem is then it's like an aerosol can. You have this, you know, this high pressure environment inside the body and you have these small ports and if you break the seal putting in and out the instrument or if the seal itself starts to wear out over time from the, you know, from, from the surgical procedure you get leaks coming out you get gas leaking out and that gas can carry aerosol and smoke and other pollutants from inside the body So that's why it's so important to be able to control that um, Ronan what kind of other surgeries then will be considered uh, aerosol generating procedures? Uh, well as it turns out most of them I mean there's quite a strict classification of an aerosol generating procedure based on previous pandemics. But actually, many, many types of interventions do put gas into people and the gas does come come out. I mean, sure, they can be, uh, I suppose, obvious surgical type of operations like keyhole appendectomy or gallbladder operations. Uh, but many, many cancer operations are caused like that too. Uh, but in, interventions like uh, endoscopy, co- colonoscopy, gastroscopy, bronchoscopy, really everything that gets internal access into a person uh, for the purposes of investigating their, their symptoms, indeed uh, mostly for this, this treatment of, of diseases, uh, use this type of technique. So Ronan, when you're looking for a solution to uh, this problem, what kind of situational aspects are you, are you considering? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's terribly interesting. I mean, we do work already in uh, positive pressure ventilated rooms. But one of, the thing, one of the interesting things we discovered was that operating rooms are commissioned empty. So the room clearance rates is without any people or equipment in it. But actually, in an operation, you have the patient at the centre of the room and you then crowd around that the operating team and equipment, uh, energy devices, screens, and that causes a relevant, uh, relative stagnation of airflow just in that operative breathing space where all the where all the, the staff are standing. So that was something new for us, um, and really made us focus on local mitigation means of managing those aspects. So I mean that can be either reducing the type of gas or smoke that's happening inside the patient. It can be maybe through better design of the type of access ports that are being used uh, or even local uh, purification methods just in that operative zone. So we, we've come at this pr- pretty big, um, hmm. illustrating initially wh- what the problems were and now we're moving, moving into a mitigation phase, how to deal with the problems. So when you're looking for a solution then, are you looking for a solution that's going to treat air in the entire room or are you very kind of zoned in on where the patient is and where the work is happening? 
very zoned in on where the patient is. That's where most of the uh, the operative staff risk is. I mean, like you can wear N95 masks, N99 masks. We look to it using PAPR, so very kind of um, very sophisticated clean air methods around the person. But all these are sort of just acknowledgements that the risk is there. And we'd rather deal, deal, deal with the risks better. Hmm. Now, I should say, uh, we, we know now that you, you, we, people don't tend to get COVID in these circumstances, but we've become very aware of the pollutant effects of these gases. We use cautery inside people. Uh, there is smoke in that area to it. So the, pro- so the project has really expanded its scope much more from that, uh, from, from that hmm. the initial hy- hy- hypothesis to really trying to improve or clean the air for the benefits of all operating room teams. Uh, as a surgeon, then, is noise an issue for you? Yeah, things, I mean, yeah, things need to be rather quiet. Mm. I think most people do already know the noises of an operating room because you hear them on the TV shows. There is that kind of cardiac monitor beep. Um, but generally, it's a rather calm, controlled environment. And uh, people do need to be able to communicate easily and sometimes quickly. So, yeah, noise n- noise is uh, very important. And space, you can't really crowd the space with things that aren't usefully doing things. Uh, the operative team needs to be able to move to move around. Uh, the patient needs to come on and off the table at the start and at, at the end of it. Mm. So it does need to, so we, you know, you mostly put the patient in the centre and then build up the equipment and people around that person. So, uh, Kevin, when Ronan came to you then and said, you know, this is the situation that we are in and we need a solution and we need to measure the most uh, effective solution, what was going through your head? Um, well, the first thing was trying to move the equipment from ECD to the matter. Um, the Schlieren is quite large and quite bulky. Um, Explain to me what the Schlieren is. So, so Schlieren is a, a very, very old technique. It goes back over 100 years. Um, even Lord Kelvin, apparently, was, was quite fond of using it. We've all seen a mirage on a, on a very warm day when there's the light from, the, from a hot road kind of reflects the sky and we see this kind of mirror shimmering effect. It, it uses a similar effect to that. We've got two large parabolic mirrors, about half a metre across, we place them either side of a room and then we use a, uh, a light a light source, in this case like an LED like on the light on your phone. We shine that into one mirror, we get a column of light across the room and then we focus that light down with the second mirror. And then by blocking some of that light and collecting the result with a camera, we get this Schlieren image where we can, if we, for example, if you have a candle, for example, you will see the hot plume above the flame undulating above it quite far. You see the heat rising off your fingers. If you have a hot drink or a cold drink, you see the heat rising or falling around it. It's really visually striking effect. Lots of people have probably seen pictures of it, you know, on, online or some places. There's various YouTube channels who use it. They look at, you know, guns and shockwaves coming off bullets and so forth. The problem with Schlieren is it is very bulky. It's very cumbersome and it's very, very sensitive to alignment. So, you know, um, my prior experience has been it's always been in a kind of controlled lab environment, not in surgery. So what we end up doing was we end up bringing the system to the matter and setting it up in the, the, the essentially the, the digital surgery uh, lab, which is a, a, which is one of the former operating theatres. So the system is currently it was supposed to be there for a couple of weeks. It's been there for over a year. Um, it's still there. It's and we've been able to do simulated surgery with porcine cadavers. So essentially, just a, you know, we, we get a, a a pig that's been butchered specifically for surgical work. 
And by using that, then we can simulate the uh, the the kind of um, procedures that occur and get the image get images of of the leaks. So Schlieren is very 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 good for that. Um, but what Schlieren doesn't give you, it doesn't show you the aerosol in the leak. It shows you the gas. So what we ended up doing then was we used a laser, which we expand through a particular lens, which expands the beam into like a long kind of a fan or a sheet. So there's two-dimensional slice. Hmm. And the laser is easy. It's quite small. We can move it around on the little trolley. And then we use a camera. So we, 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 we worked with Canon Ireland to get a, a, one of their pre-release cameras, the Canon R5 which is to record video at 8K resolution. So that's 8,000 by 2,000 pixels. It's enormous pixel um, density. By using the laser and this camera and some very, very nice lenses, we can resolve aerosol particles down to about two microns. So we use the laser technique in live surgery with patients. So that allows us to move the laser, move the camera um, quite safely around the room and then image directly the aerosol. So by combining these data sets together, then we have a view of where the leaks occur and where in those leaks is there is there aerosol and is is there smoke? So, Ronan, when you saw the results of where the leaks occur and and, and the airflow, did, did this surprise you to be actually able to see it? Yeah, it's astonishing. It's absolutely ast- astonishing, and and not just me, but the rest of the operative team, uh, anaesthetists, nurses, uh, porters. It's really quite incredible. Um, I mean, I, I've been very complacent about this. Uh, <laughs> Previously in my career, which I think is reflective of most uh, most operating surgeons, do, do, do you know we kind of know in theory that these things exist, but because we don't see it or hear it, uh, we don't tend to really think it's a very important aspect to it. The nursing organisations, though, have been very clear over the past couple of mm. decades that there is occupational hazard in being exposed to operating gases. Um, and smoke, but it's. Re- I really feel bad about how complacent I was. But once you can see it, uh, Dusty, it's really quite incredible. These are beautiful pictures. Uh, you're seeing it in real time, mm. uh, so it can't really be di- disputed. And uh, we've really seen a, a number of specialties and specialists looking to get their own techniques and procedures investigated. I mean, Kevin will, will I think the whole hospital now knows Kevin, from the physiotherapist to speech and language therapist, dentists, um, everyone has been trying to use that type of technology to make sure that the best patient care can happen uh, despite despite things like a, a societal pan- pandemic. Tell me, Ronan, uh, you, you obviously were aware that there were aerosols in the room and probably more than, than you needed. Were you kind of shocked at the results to see yeah. how much aerosol was there? For for sure, because we do trust that the room ventilation, you know, serves its purpose, you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we wear masks and we kind of think, well, you know, we're pretty well equipped in the traditional way to deal mm-hmm. with these type of things. But actually, it's really, it's really illuminating to see this type of stuff. And of course, once you can see it, then you can do something about it. And nearly everyone, Kevin, who's kind of seen your analysis instantly starts to come up with ideas to mitigate those those risks. It's really, I mean, it's so instant, the kind of the feedback on mm. it that you can't not but be drawn in. And the area is so important. Uh, really, everyone who looks at it does start to kind of, you know, give up themselves to come forward with with with, with suggestions and, and ways to, to help it. So tell me then about what ideas you came up with to control that. 
So, I mean, the obvious thing you could do is some sort of vacuum, right? You have some sort of suction that you can you can use to capture these leaks as they occur. The, the problem is, and I, I was told by a mentor a long, long time ago, this notion that you cannot suck at a candle, right? You can blow at a candle across the room. You can have a good chance of over a meter away blowing out a candle. You try inhale, there's no way you can do that because the airflow has been pulled in from all directions equally. That's why we use a vacuum cleaner. We bring it down as close to the surface as possible to control the direction of the flow. So sucking up a high-speed jet coming out of a port is very, very difficult and requires a lot of thought into how the, the geometry of, of such a device would be designed. And that's what our partner in Galway, Palare, are, are doing with our H2020 project. So we have a funded European project to design devices that can be cleverly designed to try and mitigate at source as much of the material as possible. Um, other aspects we're looking at are ways to control the curvature of the port. So there are various fluid mechanics effects that I try to involve my, my students as much as possible in this work. So during my lectures during the year, I would be showing some of our videos just to remind them, you know, this is why you need to wear your mask. This is why you know, aerosol is, 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 is risky. So I try to get several of my students in their final year projects and so forth involved in this work. So one student I worked with, we looked at this this idea of the Coanda effect. So if you have a curved surface, flow will tend to follow the curvature of that surface due to friction. So if you get a, if you get a spoon, if you turn on, turn on your kitchen sink tap at a fairly low flow rate and you put the back of the spoon against the, the stream, you see the flow kind of hugs the, the curvature of the spoon. So if we were to do something similar to the outlet geometry of these trocars, and they're designed a certain way, but for the most part, the exit geometry is not all that important. It's really just to facilitate the surgeon to insert the instrument. Mm. So if we were to in incorporate a similar curvature into the exit port, we could actually encourage the jet to actually hug the surface and be diverted to the ground rather than up into people's faces. So that's kind of at the source kind of ways of, of dealing with this. The other way we're looking at it is to deal with this, this, this problem that Ronan talked about, how when people are crowded around, um, the room ventilation is not doing its job. And that's where the, the CAMFIL technology comes in. We can place one of these devices in the operating space and then start to pull away that material and encourage it to move, have, a, have, a, a, have an airflow direction that's, that's more further field away, that's about half a metre away or so forth. That's not in the surgeon's way, but we can still encourage the, the flow um, to, to, to move away from the face. So tell me then about the solution then that you did find with uh, Camfilt. So the, the, so the guys in Camphill um, contacted us based on the work that we'd already, we'd already performed and they were eager to see if their device could have some effect. So they have a, a number of different devices they were showing to us um, for different applications because ventilation is, is hugely important now. You know, ventilation, not just in surgery, but also in schools and, and, and offices and any, any place where people have to congregate is very, very important. So they had this particular device, the, this, the City H, which has a, an extendable arm on it, which means it's quite quite portable um, and quite adaptable to the surgical environment. So by, by using that, we were able to, again, do some do some experiments. We used a laser uh, sheet, the, the high-resolution camera, and we did some sort of simulated surgery on a porcine cadaver. And we were able to show using that device that, yes, indeed, it can effectively um, from, from, from over half a metre to almost a metre away, it can actually in, uh, encourage the, the, the airflow in that region to, to be um, ex, uh, effectively vacuumed up, to be pulled away um, quite, quite well without having it too close that it gets in the surgeon's way. Um, so that was, that, was, that was the really important part, that it has that, that range of effect um, because of its size and because of its, its design. 
And then uh, Roland, uh, speaking about the the size and the noise, as we mentioned, is it a quiet unit? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there's different settings for it, but even at the highest level, it's really it's really very fits in very well alongside the rest of the audio footprint of an operation. Yeah, it really. I mean, it wasn't built specifically for this, but it looks like mm. it was. It's terrific. And how do you find the uh, the size and the extraction arm? Is that all? Does it fit in with your workflow? Yeah, it's pretty good. Maybe maybe the, uh, the the faceplate could be a little bit smaller, perhaps, but it's very easy to move it, uh, mm-hmm. so you, it can be positioned around. I mean, there's certain times in the operation when the risks are are, are higher, like when you're using electric cautery. So operations tend to be very standardised, and there's there's certain times when you know there's going to be certain things being being be, being done. So I think yeah, I think this was uh, I think this is very practical. Um, I guess there's always a couple of small little things that you might like to uh, evolve, but you really need to use things, Dusty, before you can really be mm. sure about what needs to be done or not need, needs to be done. So it's great to have an off-the-shelf um, capability that can then be put into different situations and then with some use, people could start to really make sense about uh, what could be maybe you know an optimised configuration for 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 the use case, but I must say I was really impressed. This did work straight straight, straight mm. out of the box. What what was the action of other people uh, within the surgeon community uh, when you were telling them about this? Yeah, it's really interesting because people had been sort of thinking that they needed the whole room redesign of the operating room, mm. Uh, mm. but it's no small thing to try and move from positive pressure to negative pr- pressure, or or to change, uh, you know, where where the beams and the positions of of the room are. Um, so it's really quite kind of marvelous that you know there's the kind of the combination of Kevin's technological illustrations of it, you know, the real time mm. uh, visibility of the smoke mm. and its its dynamics, and then this kind of lovely local hoovering up of the action to it. So it is really, uh, it is really rather compelling. Yeah. So I mean, we, we've published this experience in uh, Europe's most prestigious surgical journal. So. You know, it's it's about maybe moving that conversation to uh, to include other people and, and 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 views. And education is a big thing in this, Kevin. You know, as I said, I've been very complacent and ignorant about this in the past, and uh, it's really terrific to get educated. Well, I have included uh, some links into the show notes of the podcast. If you listen to us right now, just look into the show description and you'll see links uh, giving more detail about all of the research and the effects. But uh, for now, Ronan Cal and Kevin Nolan from UCD, thank you very much for chatting with us. Thank you. Pleasure. And I should also note that the links below also include contact details and anything else that you might need to get more information on our topic today. Our podcast was produced by Camphill, a world leader in the development and production of air filters and clean air solutions. To stay up to date on how clean air can affect the quality process for you and the workplace, do click follow in your podcast player right now so you get our next show automatically. Until then, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, thank you as always for listening and take care. 